This is Candid Conversations with Dr. Mayfield, a podcast that resources families and friends with tools to have important conversations about mental and emotional health. This show is sponsored by Mayfield Counseling Centers, helping you find clarity, hope, and purpose. Here's your host, Trevor Sheeran. Thank you for joining us on Candid Conversations. We are so glad to be joining you. I am Trevor Sharon, joined as always by Dr. Mark Mayfield. Good morning. Today, we want to talk about healthy communication, which if, you know, the astute among you may think, um, the whole, isn't that like all you guys talk about ever? The whole podcast <laughs> for the last year and a half has been about healthy communication. Uh, and you're right. <laughs> But today we want to focus in on a few, like, basically relationship communication mm-hmm. hacks that you can use that. It's an interesting word. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's definitely the wrong right word. <laughs> the wrong right <laughs> word. Okay. So as, as we enter into this conversation, what, what are we considering to be like this communication hack or pro- a skill is a better word, but hack sounds more fun. Okay. I'm, I'm wrapping my mind around that one. No, it's interesting that you say that because I cannot tell you how many times I've sat with couples and I'm like, have you tried this? And they're like, what? Yeah. We can, we can do that. Or that sounds really, really strange. I'll try it. And then they come back going, that was the best thing ever. That was the best thing ever. How come I didn't know about this? I'm like, and I have to remind myself and I think you do too, that the things that we've learned are not necessarily common knowledge totally and communication patterns and styles get passed down from generation to generation. So what, uh, and I remember talking with uh, families and and couples throughout my career so far of, well, at least I'm doing it better than my dad. I'm like, well, your dad must've sucked (laughs) because the bar is low enough, right? If the bar is low, cause you're not doing such a good job, but okay, I'll give you that. You're, you know, and it's that, 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 that awareness and that understanding of, okay, I don't, I didn't have a good example. I yeah. don't have a good example. I mean, I don't, whatever, yeah. uh, give me some, some tools. Um, and so I don't know where you want to start, but there's, I mean, we can go through a list of things that, yeah. that can create, uh, some potential, uh, communication breakthroughs. Yeah. For well, people. I, I, you can probably imagine where I would start with this conversation and it's with, uh, a simple video that I love so dearly. <laughs> um, we'll put a link in the description. Uh, it's called, it's not about the nail. Right. And the basic concept is that, and, and they, they do it from the position of the female is talking about some sort of struggle that she's having pain. And the, the husband is talking about, or is trying to listen. Right. But, the 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 wife has a nail in her head and she's complaining about head pressure and like her, her sweaters sweater, get snagged yeah. and so he keeps saying like you know I bet you if we got rid of that nail and she keeps saying it's not about the nail I just need you to listen uh, and oftentimes we come into a conversation and we want to be able to fix it maybe we see exactly what needs to happen or in order to fix that problem uh, but it can be far more meaningful to be able to just listen and make it not about the nail. One of my favorite responses uh, that I help coach couples in, it could be a female or male response, doesn't matter, or just a partner response, however that looks right. Is this idea of um, validating, right? Mm -hmm. That that really sucks that you feel that way. Yeah. I am so sorry. How can I support you? Yeah. Right. And I bet you in that, that video, right. With the nail, if, if he would have done that, 
she oh, yeah. goes, yeah, well, okay, let me, how do we get rid of this pressure? And then he was, then he could yeah. enter in and to go, well, let me go get a hammer and <laughs> yeah. take the nail out. We're going to pull the snail out. <laughs> but we forget, even if it doesn't make sense to us, we forget that the importance of validation. And I want yeah. people that are listening to go, uh, to think about this. When was the last time you were truly validated? In your feelings. Yeah. Right. I think you and I talk about this all the time with our, our clients and just in, in, the, in public is that, uh, like if I'm working with you, your feelings don't have to make it an ounce of sense to me. Right. Like, okay, you, you, like you just skinned your knee. Why are you freaking out and thinking you have to amputate your leg? Right. Okay. Well, okay. That's where you are right now. I don't have to make, it doesn't have to make yeah. an ounce of sense to me. So yep. let me figure out how to validate where you're at and then ask how I can support you. Yeah. And I think couples uh, get, get caught up in whether it be roles or uh, whether it be like, just patterns yeah. or whatever that, you know, they, they, a lot of those major arguments spiral out yeah. of something so simple. Well, and I think I really like the analogy of skinning your knee. Cause if we take that concept of it's not about the nail, it really could be that it's not about the skinned knee. I could have had a grandfather who, when he was young, scraped his knee and it got infected and he had to lose his leg. And because of that, blah, blah, blah. Right, like, right. It, that could be part of my history. Sure. That'd be and, and, and so I'm freaking out because I'm thinking, Oh no, that's going to happen to right. me. And, and it goes to this, this idea of all behavior makes sense in its context where if we add enough context to what's going on, things start to make a little bit of sense. The only way we can get there is by listening and validating and investing. Well, think about a little kid that skins their knee and maybe it's their first skinned knee. And yeah. you've had thousands of skinned knees. That's their first. Mm-hmm. And they're freaking out because it's a new sensation. It, you know, it's bleeding. Yeah. And you're like, just rub some dirt on it, you'll be fine. What does that teach them? Versus getting down on their level and going, man, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Let's go get, let's go wash it off. It'll be okay. Mm-hmm. We know it's going to scab up and we'll put a bandaid on it. Yeah. And, and let me hold you for a while and you'll, you'll be, you'll be fine. Um, so translating that into adult relationships, right? It's, uh, I think a lot of it is, like you said, the context piece, but also mm-hmm. I think finding out um, what the, the reason for that communication is, yeah. the reason for why they're coming to you. I've asked couples a lot of times going, have you prefaced the conversation before you started? And they're I love like, that. what do you mean? And I'm like, uh, so if your spouse comes to you and starts talking and you are starting to get kind of tense in your stomach or your chest because you're like, how do I need to respond to this? You can stop them and go, okay, is this a, I just need to listen conversation? Is this, I need to fix it conversation? Mm-hmm. Is this, I need to validate conversation? Yeah. Or is this a, whatever you guys, dis- yeah. you know, whatever that you decide. I always have couples decide what are, the, what are their five things. Yeah. The five options almost. And and somebody said, well, isn't that kind of impersonal? I said, well, if you want to get it right, you know, you need to start learning this. Right. And after a while, you don't have to ask the question. Right. Because you're going to know. Sometimes Brie will come home and she'll tell me, Trevor, I need you to say this, this, and this. You ready? (laughs) And then she'll start talking. (laughs) And I respond with exactly what she's told me to say. And that, that tends to be very meaningful because even you know, there have been times where she's like, I need you to tell me I'm right and that this person was wrong and that uh, it's okay for me to be upset. And there's been times where I actually have not things. agreed okay. with those things. And yeah. so instinctually, I would never have said those. Right. But I knew it's more important to be able to say to Brie what she needs to hear and to comfort her in that moment than to be right. Right. 
Well, I think that's the other thing too, is that, you know, it goes both ways. So I might stop my wife and say, okay, what kind of conversation is this? But if, if she's in the relationship just as much as I am, yeah. she might preface it beforehand. Yeah. And that's kind of where the dance becomes. And there's a lot of times where she's like, I just need you to listen. Okay. I can do that. And I have to, Pretty good I, at that. And I have to make sure that I'm checking my emotions going. Totally. Like, oh, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. I don't know if I agree with that. Yeah. It doesn't really matter at that time. And then at the end of the conversation, I try to go, uh, okay, so how can I support you? Mm-hmm. And this kind of, and she goes, well, you just, you listened. That was great. Okay. And then I have to go walk away and go, how am I going to deal with my emotions? Yeah. And that's right. You know, the, the phrase that I tell couples time, time and time again, too, is that if your spouse is emoting and it's affecting you, what is yours to own and what is yours not to own? Mm-hmm. And make sure that you differentiate that because you might walk away emotionally upset because you just listened and you couldn't do anything about it. But it's really not about you. Yeah. It was about them. So putting it, you know, those uh, those kind of conversations. Yeah. But one thing I liked about what you said was the fact that you um, you didn't agree, but you listened. So it really wasn't about you. Mm-hmm. And I think there's also some assumptions there that you made mm-hmm. that were positive about your wife, assuming the best about her, assuming yeah. you know about her needs and that kind of stuff. And I think that's one of the things that couples don't do a very good job of mm-hmm. either is those assumptions. We come into those assumptions that are, spouse is this or a spouse is that. Yeah. And so we already have our mind made up before we even yeah. enter into a conversation. Yeah. And I think even as we're talking about this, I can see so many parallels to just like good friendships sure. or uh, even should child be. parental uh, mm-hmm. uh, relationships that some of these tools, you know, I think in our context, they make a lot of sense in a marital perspective, mm-hmm. but they're tools that can be used in, totally different settings mm-hmm. too. You know, I, I use a hammer in a far different way than a construction worker would use a hammer, um, different projects, stuff like that, but it's still the same tool. Right. Uh, and that's why I think it's so invaluable that we invest and work on ourselves in the midst of our development in these communication skills. Cause if I know how to interrupt a conversation and say, Hey Mark, I just, before you keep going, I want to make sure that I understand what you need from me. Right. Uh, is this a conversation that you want my input on the situation or do you need me just to listen? Right. And that's a, such a powerful, and that, but that if you were to do that with me, it'd be like, Oh, he really does care. It like says a lot. There's an honoring piece of that. Right. And I think that's, that's a posture of seeking to understand. Mm-hmm. And I think we talk about uh, part of communication that we don't talk about very often is the listening. Yeah. And and how much of listening is what's being said. Right. Right. And I think a lot of us uh, in our programs, you know, counseling programs, we're surprised to hear that listening is only about 10% of what's being said. Yeah. 90% of the body language, 90% of the posture, 90% of the response, yep. the facial features, all that kind of stuff. And so I always tell couples, I said, so how well do you listen? Mm-hmm. And, and the, you know, uh, one of them usually laughs. And I'm like, well, tell me about that. You know, and so I think this posture of seeking to understand is uh, like you just did. Let me stop you for a second. I want to make sure that I'm yeah. present and needing what you, you're, you know, present, providing what you need. Yeah. But it's also about asking questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and not leading yeah. questions. Either. No, but curious. Yeah. Like, okay, help me understand. So instead yeah. of, hey, Mark, did you try to not do that? Right. <laughs> it is far different <laughs> than, than what other things have you tried? Right. Or it sounds like that you've tried a lot, you know, uh, which one's worked? Or it sounds like, you know, that you're really struggling. Is there, 
uh, how, how does that make you feel? Or, yeah. right. So it's that, um, or what have you tried Yeah. or whatever, you know, totally. I mean, so it's, it's what is, it's curiosity. I think uh, if you go back to, uh, and I'll be a scientific person for a second, but the scientific method, right? Mm-hmm. Part of that is is curiousness. Yeah, you're looking in this this theory or this idea, and you're just curious about it. You're not making any assumptions. You're not having trying your best not to have any biases, but you're just curious and asking questions. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of times in relationships, uh, we've lost the curiousness. Yeah. And so, how do we reengage that curiousness around our spouse? Yeah. Um, one easy way that you can start to do that is, um, a lot of us are connected to friends on Facebook and Mm -hmm. I've found, uh, something really enjoyable with, if I see somebody that I've really only interacted with over Facebook in the past few months to choose something from their Facebook post and say, Mm. Hey, do I remember seeing this on your Facebook? Can you tell me more about that? I'm interested to hear this and that starts the conversation really easily. And then it also gives you some points of contact for more curiosity of, right. They may have explicitly told you on the post, like they got a dog and it's this way, but it seemed like there was excitement. And so you have the opportunity to choose something easy to start being curious about how's the dog doing? Uh, what are some of the new things that they're doing? Stuff like Mm -hmm. that. It can be really meaningful says something about your interest in the person and in the relationship and what you're willing to invest. Well, and I think one thing that uh, I think that's, a, that's fantastic. And I think that's, you know, even with our, our, our significant others is really mm-hmm. uh, digging in in that way. I mean, one of the things that I like about uh, John and Julie Gottman, they're marriage uh, gurus and yeah. have been in the field for 40 plus years and doing a lot of research. One of the things that they found to effective communication is what they call soft startups. And so a lot of times when we're upset, we use harsh startups. Why didn't you? You didn't. Mm. You didn't. Yeah. And I think this is where the emotional intelligence, let's go back and listen to how many episodes we've talked about. You know, yeah. how, what do you do with the mad that you feel and all those kind of things is is recognizing where we're at. OK, you know, your comment to me was a little bit sharp and I have a chance to react and match the sharpness or exceed it or take a step back and go, OK, that that stung a little bit. But. There's something going on there. So yeah. do a soft startup. It sounds like you're, I mean, this sounds really stupid, but it sounds like you're upset. And I don't say yeah. it sounds like it's a stupid, but like for me coming right now yeah. and, and the podcast going, you know, this, this, it seems like a, almost a cliche. Yeah. Well, you just yelled at me. It sounds like you're upset. Yeah. But what that does is it puts it back on them and gives them a chance to go, yeah, I am upset. And then you can ask questions Yeah. instead of responding going, you know, what the heck is your problem? Yeah. Why did you just snap at me? Right. And, and so I've, I've, I've done this with a couple of couples in the sense that, you know, there's bigger context, right? So you're coming in, you're a safe place because you're a spouse and maybe they just had an argument with a, a daughter or a son or a coworker and you're the first person they see after that. Yeah. They're going to be a little ruffled. Yeah. And so asking that, you know, they snap at you instead of snapping back and now it escalates and it's about something yeah. stupid. You can just go, well, it sounds like you're sounds like you something happened and you're emotional right yeah. now. Can you tell me what's going on? How can I support you? And, and good grief. I have couples coming back going, what? That just diffused everything. And they were like, they melted and they were out telling me, here's what happened. And, yeah. you know, typically I would have snapped back and then we would have fought and then we would have not, you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm reminded of early on in uh, my relationship with Bree, she would come home from work or school or something and she'd have a lot of emotion that she needed to express. And so she'd be telling me the story and 
She'd be saying all the things she wished she could have said to this person or that person or how frustrated this made her. But it would all be directed in like towards me. Mm. Not in that like she was angry at me, but she'd be telling the story and it'd be like um, similar to. And then I looked at him and I was like, you don't get the right to tell me that blah, blah, blah. And so very much like. She's telling the story. Well, but she's a very she's a very expressive storyteller. Very too, expressive so. <laughs> storyteller. I love that about her. And so there were a lot of times where I felt like I was being attacked right, right. in that and, and being able to learn to separate myself from that story and get on her side and be able to understand like, yeah, there's a lot of frustration in this. Mm-hmm. And it's not towards me. It's towards somebody, somebody else. else. I'm safe. Right, I'm okay. Right, right, like, right. And, and I think – and that took – that took probably several months of that happening almost every single day for me to be able to become used to it and to understand what was happening and not have to continually remind myself like this is going on. But I think a lot of us find ourselves in positions where we do need to remind ourselves pretty consistently in a conversation. Okay. Where am I? Where is this person? Where is this person coming from? How would be best for me to respond? What if they told me is the best way to respond in these situations? Have I asked them what they need from me? Well, one thing too, though, that I really encourage couples, and it feels very systematic, but maybe you have an argument and you don't handle it well and because of communication. Go back after you've calmed down and go, let's, <clears throat> let's critique this. Yeah. How'd I do? How'd you do? What could we do better? And that's where it, there's an investment in the relationship. Mm-hmm. But if you're okay, I think I want to I want to give people maybe three or four bullet points because we've Love talked it. a lot about a, cool, a lot of cool things. Um, so I think the first one is, is just engage and reevaluate your listening. Mm-hmm. Um, are you, do you pick up on facial features? Do you yeah. pick up on emotions? Do you pick up on body language? Yeah. Uh, what not, what's not being said? Go listen to our episode on reflective listening. Right. Are you, are you listening to respond or are you listening to listen? Yeah. Uh, so I think that's a big one and kind of a self-evaluation piece. Uh, how well do you seek to understand? Mm-hmm. How curious are you in your relationship? I think mm-hmm. is a big one. Um, and then, you know, it's, it's this, are you listening to, to listen? Are you listening to be right? Are you communicating to be right? Are you communicating to, to figure things yeah. out? I think is a big one. Um, but also I think the biggest one is, is the soft startups. Mm-hmm. And that, that, t- that's a lot about your own emotional intelligence. And so you could be as, as ticked off as you want to be, mm-hmm. and you can still step into that moment going, okay, deep breath. It sounds like. Or I feel that, yeah. or it appears to me that, you know, and it's yeah. that soft startup uh, and it, it'll diffuse not only your partner, but it'll diffuse yeah. you as well. Uh, and, and then begin to, and then preface things, learn how to preface those conversations because all of us need somebody to help us fix things, mm-hmm. but it's not every time. All yeah. of us need somebody to listen, but it might not be every time. All of us need somebody just to validate and it might not be every time. Yep. Right. And then it's funny because, we joke, Sarah and I want to write a book someday about, you know, the confessions of a counselor's wife or something like that. But um, there's times, and I used to be a, a minister, a pastor beforehand too, right? Mm-hmm. So I have to ask her, okay, do you want me to be a pastor, a counselor, your husband? <laughs> like what role am I taking right now? And we joke about that, but it, there's, there's truth to that. I think everybody has yeah. those different roles, right? Whether, whatever you, you yeah. know, whatever um, position you're in. Yeah. So taking those times to really clarify that. Yeah. Um, one other thing yeah. I think is coming up with codes Yeah, uh, is a really beautiful way. If there's a, if there are certain conversations that are really hard or you know that certain situations keep coming up, being able to come up with a code. I know one friend of mine, they 
will hold up fingers of one or two fingers that will express to the other person, I need you to listen or I need you to help me out. Or go away. Or go away. Or things that you wouldn't want that are really still very uncomfortable to say, hey, I'm really frustrated with you and I need time away from you. Will you please leave me alone for a few minutes? Maybe really difficult to say out loud, but if you come up with a code of like, hey, I'm going to text you this emoji on my way home. That means it's been a really hard day and I just need a few minutes. And I think that's that's a great way to break away from generational patterns too. Mm -hmm. Because I think, you know, this is where we talk about marriage is good, but it's hard work. Relationships are good, but they're hard work. This is the hard work, but there's good in that. And I think a lot of us feel like we're just uh, at times uh, products of our past, products of our upbringing. And we can think that way. That's kind of that fixed mindset or we can go, Okay, that's how I was raised. That's my model. Um, But that's not what I want for my wife or my Mm -hmm. kids or my husband or my spouse, you know, whatever that looks like. I don't want that to be the model. And so I'm going to have to really work hard at this. And guys, it is hard work. Yeah. I I remember when we, you know, the whole love languages thing, which is another episode that we did. um, Physical touch is not my love language, but it's my wife's. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I really try hard to do, and I'm still working on it, and it still takes work, is that I won't leave a room without physically touching her in some way, yeah. you know, a, a hand on the back or the shoulder, a kiss on the forehead, um, you know, and, and you get creative. But, right. uh, and I remember early on in our marriage when I told her that that's going to, I'm going to work on that. It almost, it, I could see it kill her a little bit going, you don't want to. Hmm. And I'm like, no, I, I do want to. It's not my, it's not my, something that I'm used to. Yeah. So I'm going to work at it. And then she had to realize that me working at it meant I wanted to. Right. And there was that, right? And so anything that we're talking about today, if it does take work, give your spouse a benefit of the doubt that they're doing it because they love you and that they want this to be good. Not that I have to work at it because, you know, I just, I don't really care or want to. So assuming the best of each other, I think is a big deal. And I think in our development, small, slow growth is good growth. Right. Sustainable. It's, yeah. And I think that we should work hard and diligently to be on that slow, small growth track always right? and not give up. So one of the things that I want as we're closing today, I'm going to look this up um, on my computer for those of you that are not watching and listening, but I want to give you a couple books uh, and resources I think would be really beneficial um, for you. There's, there's a new one that came out that I really like. It's called eight, uh, eight dates, essential conversations for a lifetime of love by uh, John and Julie Gottman. Um, there's also seven principles for making a marriage work, but if you really look on Amazon and, and, you know, search their stuff, their stuff is really good. But another book that I'd encourage you, um, and if you go to the Gottman website, they have some really exceptional resources for couples and friends and just families. I mean, they've been doing research on relationships for 30, 40 years. Yeah. And then I'd be remiss not to to talk about one of our own counselors who's written a lot of books with her husband, mm-hmm. uh, Greg and Aaron Smalley. Dr. Greg and Aaron Smalley have this book called A Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage, 12 Secrets to a Lifelong Romance. And I think it just gives us, the, again, those tips and tricks mm-hmm. of, of how to really engage uh, each other. So yeah. uh, there's a lot of resources out there. If you want more, uh, feel free to email us at contact at Mayfield Counseling or candidate at Mayfield Counseling, and uh, we'll help you out. Yep. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for joining Candid Conversations. 
If you would like more information, you can email candid at mayfieldcounseling.com or call 719-452-4803.